0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter, pray glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this evening is indeed from St. Luke chapter 23. It's verses 33 through 43 and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1641, Luke 23, 33 through 43. When they came to the place called the Skull, They crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And the people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. And the soldiers also came up and they mocked him. And they offered him wine vinegar and they said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was A written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him and said, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Tonight's sermon is titled, Standing in Forgiveness. Standing in Forgiveness. Now, on this day, this very, very dark day, Five words make all the difference for Jesus. These same five words make all the difference for the rest of us, for you and for me. These five words bring to our ears both mortifying horror and unbridled joy. The five words are these. Are you ready? Five words. While we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. The content of these five words is what nailed Jesus to the cross. These five words unleash horror when we Realize and recognize that it is us. It is our sin that really nailed him there. And yet, without the horror, without that grisly scene, there never would be the unbridled joy of four words that follow these five. And those four words are these. Christ died for us. Now words mean things. The weight of words can bring hurt. And they can bring help. They can bring trouble. And they can bring triumph. When words are strung together to form a sentence, they have the capability of changing the world. And this one sentence certainly did. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were Still sinners. Now, in his fourth sermon for Holy Week in 1534, Martin Luther said this. He said, In his greatest suffering, torment, and disgrace, Jesus appears, Jesus appears to not see or feel anything his only concern all that he sees and all that he cares for is your and my misery he sees and he cares about your and my anguish and great distress could there be greater or more fervent love than that. The love of Jesus is so selfless and sacrificial that it is difficult to put into words. But the words of Luther get right to the point. We are more valuable to Jesus than is his own life. Words are weighted with unparalleled meaning when they come out of the mouth of the word that became flesh. And as he was dying on the cross, Jesus spoke words that had a blatant disregard for his own well-being. Think about that. His words had a blatant disregard for his own well-being, but they also had a laser-like focus on Our eternal benefit. How? Let me tell you, he said his first words Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Imagine that. Who does that? These words echoed through time all the way down to us to deliver just what they say, because those words were accompanied by his blood flowing from his hands and his feet, and they were filled with forgiveness, these words, that enters our ears, enters our ears and cleanses our hearts. Forgiveness is what we need most because if we're being honest, we must acknowledge that the words Isaiah spoke about us thousands of years ago, they're true. They're still true. And those words, if you'll recall from the readings tonight, were, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Without a shepherd, we are lost. We don't know which way to go. We can only follow our own wishes, our own whims. The words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts, they have not been pleasing in the sight of the Lord Almighty. They just have not been. Because of our sinful and wayward nature, we find ourselves in the midst of all kinds of hurt and all kinds of pain. We see and feel every last bit of suffering, every last bit of torment and disgrace that comes our way. We are blatantly aware of those things that affect us. When we are in pain, we find it impossible to focus on anyone but ourselves. We find ourselves especially tormented over the pain of death that we deserve because of our sin. And our words become weighted and doubt filled worry. But not Jesus. Throughout the course of his entire ministry, he was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. And as he made his way toward your salvation, his concern was for you. And in the pain and in the torment of the cross, his focus was on you. Each one of us, his focus was on you. His desire was for you to live a life to the full. Now let's listen to what his words that he has for you are. You'll recognize them. You've heard them before. It's good for us to be reminded. This comes from Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In Matthew 14, verse 27, he says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. In Matthew 25, 34, he says, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 28, 20, I am, I love those, I am with you always to the end of the age. Luke 12, 32, he says, Fear not, little flock, For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. John 7, 37. Wow, just lavish it on us, Jesus. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You feel a little comforted now? There's more. Another I am statement. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's John 10, 4 through 5. John 8, 51, the truly, 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 I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And finally, in John 11, verses 25 through 26, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Here's the thing. In order to make all of these words certain for you, Jesus uttered three final words on that Friday, on this Friday that we call good. He uttered three words as he commended his spirit into his father's hands and gave up his life for you. He said, it is is finished. And with those words, everything necessary for your salvation has been fulfilled. It is full. He didn't say, I'm finished. He didn't say, you're finished. He said, it is finished. That means that sins are forgiven, that debt has been paid, and life, has been made new for you and for me. And remember, it all happened while we were still sinners. Christ died for us ungodly creatures so that our misery, our distress, our anguish, would be replaced with the unbridled joy of forgiveness with new life and eternity with a Savior whose fervent love did everything necessary to rescue and save. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and there are no more joyful words that we could ever, ever hear. In the name of Jesus, amen.